Hello, and welcome to Four Color Nerds Broke Gaming Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Missy, and I'm joined by the other PC gaming nerds, Chris. Hi. Hannah. Hello. And Ryan. Hello. Together we take on PC gaming for the cheap and broke. Each week we gather here to find a great game for a great price. We review the prior week's selection and see if it was worth our money and time. Then we do it all over again. This is a review show, so there will be spoilers. This week, the game of the week is This War of Mine. Our companion song is 2 plus 2 equals what by the Bob Seger system. Let's take a listen. But I must if you so And if I raise my hand in question, you just say that I'm a fool. Cause I got the gall to ask you, can you maybe change the rules? Can you stand and call me upstart? Ask what answer can I find? I ain't saying I'm a genius. Two plus two is on my mind. Two plus two is on my mind. So I picked that companion song because there are a ton of anti-war songs out there. But that's the one that, no pun intended, sung the most to me. I really enjoyed the song and the bass on it and just the musicality of it in general just kind of fit the mood of the game. This War of Mine was developed and published by 11-Bit Studio. It was directed by Michael Dredzowski. It was designed by Rafael Walzek and Gregor Mazur. Released in November of 2014, and we purchased it on G2A.com for $3.23. You can tell by those last names of the designers, one of the inspirations for this is the people who survived and lived through the Siege of Sarajevo in the early 90s. Yes. You can really feel this is a really personal game, I think. Yeah, it's definitely very much... This war of mine puts you through hell as a survivor of war in the city of Pogorin, which is obviously a false city, in the state of Grasnia, is what they called it. So it's definitely supposed to be kind of a... Eastern bloc. Southeastern Europe. It's a hard game. I, I love this game. <laughs> it's I, one of my favorite I enjoyed games. the hell out of it, which I wouldn't say it made me smiling or happy when I was done, but I enjoyed the challenge. I got really invested in the game right away. Yeah. Had to make some really hard moral decisions, and it was really gripping. This is definitely not a happy game, but it is pretty interesting. I liked it a lot. I think one of the main differences between this and Papers, Please, I felt like there was more game to this. There's a ton of game in this one. Yeah, there's exploration, there's base building. I never thought I would be so happy to get a shovel in my life. Right? (laughs) Or a crowbar? Yeah, or to make a makeshift bed on the ground. Those were like major accomplishments for me. The game has a lot of resource management and not just of the like physical resources, but you also have to manage a lot of like the statuses. You have to manage everyone's hunger and restfulness and even their mental state. You can't let people get too depressed. So you have to find them some cigarettes or something to help them out. Yeah, I have the expansion that includes children. The little ones? Oh, no. The little ones. And it's super hard because my playthrough that I did this week we survived yay (laughs) but at the end the child that was with me was like near broken broken is the lowest you can go before some of the adults I don't know if the kids will do it but the adults will kill themselves oh yeah I did like a full team wipe (laughs) did you 
<laughs> yeah, the adults will kill themselves if they get too depressed. My child at one point was broken. All she would do would cry. Oh, gee. The game is hard enough as adults. I can't even imagine that with children. That It's soul-crushing. That is a nightmare. So I was wondering about the children. Do they really add much to the game aside from just, like, another mouth to feed and person to get really depressed? and Kind of like another level of difficulty. They don't add much to the game. You can teach them to do things so they can help you out around the house, but they have to have time to play or they start getting depressed. Okay. Yeah, they're another mouth to feed that's not as able to do things as the adults in the house. Yeah. And it's just another emotional tug, too. You have these kids who, you know, and all all the adults keep walking by and go, children are hurt by war the most, you know, and it's true. Like, they don't know what's going on. They can't do anything and especially when we have this kind of situation currently in the world today and you have to think about kids that are going through this kind of crap today and how shitty that is yeah i opted not to to do the, the expansion with kids because i work with kids around mm-hmm. that age who have been traumatized so i'm like mm. <laughs> i don't want to do that in a game when I was playing this, it really reminded me of... There's a quote from MASH. It's one of my favorite quotes where they're talking about when people say war is hell. War is war and hell is hell. And of the two, war is worse. Because in hell, there are only sinners. But in war, it's full of the innocent. Children, old ladies, everyone there except for the brass is an innocent bystander. This game is crushing in that way. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It forces you to do things that you are not proud of to survive. There's a, a house I went to where there was, like, this old couple, and they had all kinds of stuff. Like, I had to, like, raid the old people's, like, medicine cabinet and steal their food, and their the wife is, is like, handicapped, and she's like, you know, please don't hurt me. And it's just horrible. Yeah, they, I, when I was in there, they, they figured out I was in there and then ran to, like, the furthest room away from me. And as I was getting closer and closer, they'd be like, oh, no, please don't hurt me. And then at one point, the man came out and begged for me to stop stealing things. Yeah. Yeah. And you realize you're the monster. Yeah, I was bad. But we were out of food. (laughs) (laughs) And then my character that was scouting came home and he was, like, really depressed. And so throughout the rest of the day, the next day when he wasn't sleeping, he'd be like, oh, I hope that old woman is okay. She didn't seem well. Yeah. What have we become? Yeah. Yeah. What have we become? Mm -hmm. What are are we doing this all? It really does start affecting your characters, and after a while, your characters start to become desensitized to it. Oh, really? They start to become desensitized? Oh, I couldn't bring myself to do that many horrible things. When I started, I was like, okay, I'm not going to steal, I'm not going to kill, I'm just going to take what I need from what I can get, and I'm going to try to finish it that way. And then, like, ten days in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to steal, but I'm not going to kill anybody. (laughs) And then 30 days in, I'm like, all right, i got to pop some caps because I am running out of supplies in general, you know? Yeah, Yeah, just sort of that slow moral descent. Although this is a game set in war and you do have weapons, I very quickly found out the difference between this and other war games. I was in, I think it was a supermarket, and there was this woman and this man who were having this kind of discussion in another room that I could hear. And it was basically the man and the woman were, man was offering to trade like food and protection for basically sexual favors. The woman wasn't having any of it. Then he basically goes to kidnap her. And I'm like, nope, that's not happening while I'm around. So I'm like, I got a butcher knife. I'll be fine. So I went in there and I quickly found out you don't bring a knife to a gunfight because I was dead (laughs) so quickly. And not just like, oh, 30% health, just boom, you're dead. 
they one shot yes. you like hard. Yeah, it was. Just sat there for a while, just kind of like staring at the screen, like, "Oh my god, what am I? What's everyone else going to do?" Right now, you're down a person who could go out and scavenge, and it's probably your best scavenger because that's usually who you said it was. Yes, actually, I came across the same scenario there. I managed to sneak up on the guy, and if you get the drop on him, then you can actually get him. And the weird thing is that your whole group actually gets a morale boost if you actually get him, because you're like, "Oh, we helped yeah. that girl. We we did something good, and all this." <laughs> yeah, anytime you help somebody, you get a morale boost. When I first overheard it, I was like, well, if this is what they're going to barter, like, I'm not going to get involved in that. And then when he was, like, basically not taking no for an answer, I was like, all right, now I need to get involved. And he, he shot me. I tried, tried to be a hero, and there are very few heroes in war zones. Yeah. Yep. I, well, I mean, I would say a hero unscathed, I guess. Yeah. There's a price, There's a price, to, be price paid. to be paid. There's definitely a price to be paid. That's a good way to put it. A um, inexperienced gamer, I really struggled with this game because it just dropped me into the gameplay. Like there wasn't any tutorial or explanation of mm. the crafting or scavenging, or you know, you can only send one scavenger out per night, or what each little action symbol around the house means. So the first time I tried to play it, it was just really frustrating, and I was wandering around and ended up dying pretty quickly because. I didn't have enough food and stuff. And I don't know, like, I feel like some of that is intentional, but other parts of it was just... The lack of a tutorial is pretty rough. I think it is intentional. I think they're trying to drop you in an unfamiliar situation. Yeah, I appreciate that. But at the same time, it's just like, I can guesstimate how much wood I'm going to need for a bed. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I ended up restarting it, and I found it out. (laughs) The first time I played, I ended up, because the management of the materials, I didn't, I guess I didn't quite understand that. It's like, prepare for scavenging. And so I grabbed a bunch of things, because I thought I was already scavenging, I guess. And I ended up, like, ditching most of my wood and coming back with all these components and parts and stuff. But I left my wood and some of my water (laughs) behind, so that was... Right. Oh, this all looks like really good stuff. Yeah, like, oh, this is good. (laughs) Yeah, I need all that stuff. Nope. You have a lot of little decisions like that. Like, do I bring back the sugar or do I bring back the wood? So you have to kind of plan out a little bit which materials you need and what you're trying to build, what you're going for. And it's kind of hard to have that insight until you've already played through it a bit and lost once or twice. Yeah, and it's easier, too, when you get the trader that comes to visit you. There's It's kind of a gameplay I don't know if you call it a hack, but if you wait for the trader to come and barter with him for the boxes, the supplies boxes, and the wood... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can barter with him for that, and then when you're out, don't gather that as much, just gather everything else. Because he brings 30 boxes and, like, 30-some-odd wood every time he comes to visit. So then you just get all the expensive stuff while you're out, barter with him, and then you don't have to carry all that back, because that takes up a lot of space in your inventory. That's another thing that you have to think about when you're, as a person, you know, in the game, not person playing the game, but in the game, what are you going to bring back? What does your family need? You know, for lack of a better term, what does your family need to get by? Do you need food more, or do you need supplies more? And then you learn that you could feed your people every other day (laughs) so you go a day being hungry because you have to make the food last and that's kind of when you develop sort of an overall strategy like i went for the the moonshine still and made moonshine and then traded that for 
more wood. So if I could trade a bottle of moonshine for like 10 pieces of wood, that would be a pretty good deal. And then I could build the next expansion that I needed or something. War profiteering from yep. <laughs> illicit materials, yeah. Yep. <laughs> hey, everybody's got to live. <laughs> I got the the water purifier and the, the moonshine still and, and the, the metal workshop up and going pretty quickly in my second game and that helped a lot (laughs) this game was very popular when it came out they made Mm -hmm. their money back in two days when they released the game I can see that yeah that doesn't surprise me and they actually when they found out that people had put hacked versions of the game online on their website they went and posted a bunch of valid cd keys for people Hmm. and we're like play the game donate to the charity if you can afford to pay more pay more later but they like i said they still made their money in two days they've made several million dollars off of the game so yeah it was a very well done game game that tells the truth is going to speak to people yeah the graphics alone i mean the pictures were real people I want to say they did motion capture, but I'm not entirely sure how they did the movement and whatnot. Yeah, that's right. The graphics and the animations and things were were surprisingly good for an indie game. Yeah. You would never know this was an indie game. It plays and looks like a professional studio published game. Not that indie games aren't professional, but, (laughs) you know, it looks like a major publication and it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciated the soundtrack, just constant shelling and the noise and... um... The music would just randomly get spooky, and uh, the first couple times that happened, like I would jump, like "Oh, something's going on!" I gotta look around, but there wasn't anything. I was just hyper aroused. <laughs> yeah, it's very tense too, especially when you're out scavenging. Super oh, tense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. And the music in the game actually changes in the house area. It changes depending on the mood of the group. Yes, I noticed that. Or we helped maybe board up her house, the mood and the... There was a little bit less minor key. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happier so, music. They moved around a little bit faster, too. Yeah. I noticed that. They're less like, oh, I need this cigarette. I, I do like the way they move when they're sick or injured, that they're basically kind of like just dragging themselves yeah. around. It takes all their energy just to walk from like one room to the next. Mm-hmm. It kind of really gave you a sense that they're not doing too well. I appreciated that. I'm going to give it five orphan children out of five. I will give it four and a half shell wreckage. And I will give it four bottles of moonshine out of five, just because the micromanagement <laughs> does kind of get dull after a while. Yeah, I'm going to give it three and a half sick old people out of five. <laughs> <laughs> we have such happy things this week. <laughs> okay, I'll give it... Three and a half helping the neighbors out randomly out of five. There you go. go. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to explain it to one of my friends, and I was like, it's if The Sims lived in Aleppo. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's pretty much the best way to describe it. Pretty much. I didn't know how bad Sarajevo was until I was an adult, and then I was like, holy shit. Yeah, Sarajevo was a... Sarajevo, Shevranitsa, like... Hot mess. Or Stalingrad. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it was colder, so... Was there any cannibalism? Did did you ever get to the point where people were... I don't think so. ...eating other no. people? No. So that's good. So that's good. <laughs> but I know, speaking of cold, if you survive until winter, then you also have to manage, like, keeping the house warm yes. and stuff, or else yeah. everybody gets... Yeah, there's different scenarios depending on who you pick to play, and keeping the house warm, some of the scenarios involve winter. Some of the scenarios involve... When I was saying people come desensitized, some of them are already desensitized, so you can play, like, a hardcore group and go kill people right away. And then there's <laughs> some groups that never desensitize really and if you start killing people they just break immediately oh, i think that's a neat aspect of the game too 
You know the law. Eight games enter, one game leaves. Each week, we have a budget of $5 to spend on a game. If we spend less than that, we roll the spirit change into next week. Every week, we bring two games to consider. We each vote for a game, and we cannot vote for our own game. The game with the most votes is our next game to play and review. This week, we have $6.77. We're getting rich. Yeah. My first nomination is Machinarium, or Machinarium, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a like a, a puzzle point-and-click adventure game, released in 2009, and it looks, like, the animation style looks really cute. It reminds me of the computer-animated film Nine, about the little robots. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It contains no dialogue, apart from a few tutorial prompts when you start it. And so communicate through thought bubbles. That's adorable. Series of puzzles and brain teasers, and then the puzzles are linked together by a traditional point-and-click adventure story. And it is three ninety-nine on Steam right now because it's on sale. That one, and then my next nomination is Grow Home. And it's an adventure game, a third-person adventure game. You control a robot named BUD. It's a botanical utility droid. Your buddy? (laughs) Yeah, your little bud. Aww. Your job is to oxygenate the home world by growing and climbing up a a giant beanstalk, essentially. And you have to to climb around on it and harvest its seeds. And it's an open-world game. You can make the left and right hands grab individually. And that's how you control them and move around in the world. So you can push and climb objects. Also, really cute little robot. It's kind of like Jack and the Beanstalk with a little red robot. Very cute. Right now, it's also $3.99 on Steam. The first game that I picked was called Primordia. And I'll read a little bit of it. Life has ceased. Man is but a myth. And now even the machines have begun to fail. Lead Horatio Nullbilt and his sarcastic sidekick Crispin on a journey through the crumbling world of Primordia, facing malfunctioning robots, ancient secrets, and an implacable power-hungry foe. It is a $1.99 on Steam, and it's just like a little puzzle-type game. I've seen pictures of it. It also looks kind of kind of cute, right? It says, Key features an epic storyline about the extinction of the human race. Post-apocalyptic, which is my favorite genre. It has overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam, so it seems like it would be a fun game to play. My second one is called... This one's cute. It's called Toby the Secret Mine. It says, A peaceful way of life in a small village in the mountains was thrown into disorder. Someone has kidnapped most of its residents. A couple of brave hearts tried to rescue their friends, but none of them have returned. Little Toby didn't want to just sit there and wait, so he decided to find them by himself. He went to the near-deep forest, but he soon realized this is just the beginning of a big adventure. And it reminds me a lot of World of Goo. I don't know if you've played that game. Like a silhouetted style puzzle game. And that was three ninety nine. It's part of the Humble Bundle. So you get a bunch of games with that one. But that was the one I picked. My first game is Bastion. Bastion is an action role-playing game with a reactive narrator who kind of talks about your every move. It's kind mm-hmm. of a fantasy setting. It's a little surreal. I think the world kind of like builds and falls around you and things like that. And it is currently $3.74 on Indiegala.com. My second game is... Dark Souls, which is $4.99 on Steam. It's on sale right now. I think the sale ends on October 10th. Yeah, it's just through the weekend. It is a 3D action game in a very dark medieval fantasy world. Hard. Very hard. It is yeah. super hard. hard. It emphasizes difficulty. 
You will die, and you will die a lot, and you need to get used to that. Yes. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's not fun. It's just uh, be prepared to die. Well, we should do, like, record some audio of me dying a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. (laughs) My two games. My first game is part of the Humble Bundle. It's uh, Company of Heroes, which is having their 10th anniversary Humble Bundle right now. You actually get Company of Heroes at the lowest tier, plus some expansion packs. And then at the mid tier, which is, I think, around 7 bucks, which we can't afford, you get Company of Heroes 2. And then if you spend the uh, 12 bucks or whatever it is for the top tier, you get everything. All the expansion packs for both games. But Company of Heroes, it's an older game. But I will say that the cutscenes and the storyline is still incredibly gripping. Like, I just actually played it for the first time a couple months ago. It's like playing in Saving Private Ryan, I think, is the closest example to the emotional feel you get from this. It's very gripping. I like the story that's told. It's a real-time strategy game, which I'm not a fan of, but I still really liked the game. Hmm. So it had a lot of things I thought would be going against it. It was really old, and it was a real-time strategy game. And graphics-wise, it was as good as any game you'll find pretty much today. Like, I felt like the graphics were not did not look like they were 10 years old, which probably means they were just draw dropping when they came out. <laughs> and the gameplay is basically like a StarCraft or, you know, Warcraft, something like that. I really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of men strongly identify with Normandy and fighting your way through France and th- those kind of things are really, to me, very interesting stories. So I really like it. It's only a dollar. I think it would be good. My next one is a game called Oxenfree, which is on Steam for four ninety nine right now. It's also on sale. So Oxenfree is a role-playing intense game where you and a bunch of friends basically take a ferry to this island and you end up opening like a rift to this like ghost world and you're kind of trapped on the island waiting for the ferry to come back and there's all kinds of adventures and and things that take place on it. It's supposed to be one of the better role-playing games out in a while. It looks interesting to me. The dialogue and characterization is supposed to be very strong. Yeah, I think I remember hearing of that one. Yeah, so uh, Company of Heroes gets a 93 on Metacritic, which is pretty good. But, I mean, keep in mind that it's, it's older, though, so you might want to adjust for that a little bit. But I still found it to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Oxenfree gets a 79. All right, let's vote. vote. I'm going to go Company of Heroes. What's the robot, the Wally Jack and the Beanstalk game? Grow Home. I'll go for Grow Home. I'm going to go for Oxenfree. Mm-hmm. I think I will vote for Oxenfree. All right. All right. So Oxenfree, like I said, is on sale on Steam right now. It's 75% off. So it's four ninety nine. So we're going to get to roll Holder Penny into next week. <laughs> <laughs> so our value will stay about the same for next week. I'm looking forward to it. So that was the game we played this week. You can find all kinds of nerd shenanigans, including our other Four Color Nerds podcast on the week's comic books at fourcolornerds.com or our Facebook page, Four Color Nerds. You can follow us on Twitter or at Instagram. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music. On Stitcher. On SoundCloud. And on Podcast Addict. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to come back next week for another episode. Until then, keep gaming, nerds!